I am so excited to be here with you guys this morning. Moms, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. My mom is in the house this morning. Mom, happy Mother's Day to you. I'm so excited you get to be here with me this morning. And uh, to, to appreciate all of you moms, we've got a special video just for you. So would you check, check out the screen? baby mamas and all the baby mamas mamas if you've ever changed a diaper kissed a boo-boo or made a stack lunch this one's for you we run this let's go straight out of walmart i'm a mama with an attitude stirring up the sweet tea with the ice cubes whipping in the kitchen so you know we be grubbing gotta stay fresh whole house got the plug in dinner on the stove cookies in the oven hands off the food till it's done i ain't puffing We kind of share a sense of humor because my favorite part in that whole video is when mom pulls and asks, are those Jordans? He's like, nah, these are Elmo. Like, and then I heard you guys laugh, and I was like, okay, I'm not, we have a similar sense of humor. So that's a, that's a good starting point this morning. Well, hey, as I said, uh, I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning. Uh, moms, I want to talk to you guys today, but I don't want to just talk to moms. I want to talk to everybody that's here this morning, young adults, young uh, old adults, and, uh, and dads as well, man. I want to talk to everybody this morning, and I want to share uh, with you about how you can make a difference in the life of a child. And so what I'm going to talk about this morning, some of it comes from this book, Parenting Beyond Your Capacity. It is a fantastic read for those of you that are parents in here this morning, those that are aspiring to be parents, parents that have high schoolers, grandparents, give it to your kids. This book is fantastic. I've already read it twice. I've already told my wife that she has to read it, and, uh, and we don't even have kids yet. <laughs> but man, it's a fantastic book, and I, uh, I'm excited to share with you guys this morning. Now, I'm sure many of you in here uh, have fine china. Well, maybe some. Some of you in here have fine china. Not that long ago, actually, fine china was actually asked to be given as a wedding present. Not many people ask for it these days. I know we didn't. And so fine china is a very interesting piece because fine china sits in the cabinet. It sits high up in the cabinet and on the shelf, and we pull it out for these special occasions. But the problem is fine china misses out on a bunch of our daily lives. Fine china misses out 
on the laughter, the, the fun that we have, the wrestling, and misses out on the practical jokes. China, it, the fine China misses out on all that stuff. It just doesn't see day to day very often. A lot of times I think that our faith is kind of like that, fine China. We take God and we put God on a shelf and we allow God to sit on the shelf until we're ready to use him or ready to need him. And unlike our regular China that gets used daily, it always finds a way into our daily life, into our daily rhythm. Sometimes God just kind of sits on that shelf waiting for us. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you humbly this morning and we ask that you would open our hearts to receive your words. Spirit, would you move in this place? Would you move into the hearts of the people that you've brought here for a specific purpose this morning? I pray, Jesus, that you would, uh, you would just give us wisdom and clarity as we seek to be difference makers in children's lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you got access to a Bible uh, or a smart device, uh, would you turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5? That's where we're going to be at this morning. And if you don't have either one of those options, we got you covered. It's going to be on the screen, so don't worry. You can follow along. So in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 5, what's happening is, is Elkanah has taken his family to the temple, and they're giving their offerings to the Lord. And, and that's where we're going to pick up the story in verse 5. And so Elkanah, but to, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once they had finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. This morning, I want to look at the story of Hannah a little bit with you guys this morning. I, I want you to see three things this morning. Three ways that you can be a difference maker in the life of a child. You might be in here this morning and you're like, that sounds great. I want to be a difference maker. But the problem is, Josh, you don't know what I've done. You have no idea where I've been. You have no idea how broken and messed up I am. Quit using self-handicapping statements. Quit, quit making excuses for why God can't and ask how God can. Too many of us buy into the myth that we have to be, we have to be the right kind of parent. We have to be the right kind of leader, the right kind of person before God can use us. In reality... God is longing to tell his story through our imperfections and brokenness. You see, guys, churches are made up of broken people. I hope you realize that. Nobody in here is perfect. We're made up of broken people. Families are made up of broken people. But both, both exist for the same reason. 
to show a broken world God's message of restoration and redemption. Hannah was broken. Hannah was barren. How in the world was God going to use this woman? This woman who could not even produce children, which was one of the most important things in the Hebrew culture of that time, keeping the family line going. Hannah couldn't do it. How was how God going to use her? She didn't give up. In the midst of being ridiculed for her inability produce, to produce, she didn't give up. She stood up. In verse 9, check this out. It says, once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Guys, she literally is sitting at the dinner table, and she stands up. She makes the first move. She takes the first step in desiring to make a change. You might be there this morning. You might identify with Hannah. You're broken, barren, bummed maybe even at your inability to have kids or continue to have children. There's hope for you today. We serve a big God. God is big, and he has the ability to take your barren womb to a birthing womb. God is powerful. And so Hannah stands up, and, and after she stands up, she takes another step. She goes to pray. So look at her prayer. It says, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. I grew up with a mom that prayed bold prayers. Bold prayers. Partly because she had to. You see, in August of 1996, our family's life took a turn that we weren't expecting. I woke up on the morning of August 2nd to find out that my dad didn't make it home. My dad was a pilot. And that evening, my dad flew the best flight of his life. My dad flew a flight to heaven that night. So at the ripe age of seven, I have no father. I don't have a dad to lead me, to teach me, to encourage me. And so my mom would pray bold prayers for my brother and me. She would pray scripture over both of us. One of those scriptures she prayed is in Psalm chapter 68, verse 5. It says, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Guys, my mom saw beyond the now. She saw beyond what pain and anguish we were in at this point, and she saw what could be. And so she saw beyond the now. Hannah Hannah saw beyond the now. She saw in the distance. She saw the bigger picture. She saw the end. If you want to make a difference in the life of a child, you have to imagine the end. If you want to make a difference in the life of a child, you have to imagine the end. When you, where do you want your kids to be when they walk out of your home? And by the way, don't forget this little point. You only get 18 years, unless they decide to come back a little bit. That's a little different. But the formation years are about 18 years that you get with your kids. That's not a very long time. You have to imagine the end. I would venture to guess that when your children were born, 
You had aspirations for them to be great people. The big dreams, big aspirations. You wanted your kids to be difference makers. I believe that every parent wants to be a better parent. So how do you imagine the end for your kids? I'm going to give you the first step. Are you ready? Make God your first priority. Make God your first priority. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Moses says, The Lord our God... The Lord is one. It's here that Moses is speaking and he's giving his farewell address to the people of Israel before they're about to enter into the promised land, a land that's flowing with milk and with honey. It's beautiful. Moses gives a vision of life in one simple phrase. He's saying, everything that I said, and everything that I will say before I leave you hinges on one simple truth that trumps everything. Our God is God. That's it. It's all about God. It's all about Him. And if we don't start with God, our lives may end up in the wrong place. You need to start with God. It doesn't really matter what your kids know if they don't know what really matters. It would be heartbreaking if your children enjoyed the benefits and the prosperity of living in a land flowing with milk and honey. They enjoyed the benefits, the prosperity of a better life and became experientially rich but didn't really know God. You can't lose your focus. God has to be your top priority. Reggie Joyner, the founder and CEO of the Rethink Group, a group of people that is designed to give churches tools to partner with parents in the, dis in the discipling, the raising of their children's spiritual lives. He says this, he says, when you imagine the end, it enables you to distinguish more clearly between what matters and what matters most. When you imagine the end, parents, you realize that no one has more potential to influence your children than you do. When you imagine the end, you have no, you have to realize you have the most influence in impacting your children. And when you realize this, you'll understand that you need to take the reins of spiritual leadership in your home. Spiritual leadership, it means that parents assume the primary responsibility to help their kids take the next step in their pursuit of a relationship with God. It doesn't mean that you have to have a doctoral degree or doctorate in theology from some prestigious school. It doesn't mean that you have to be as spiritual as you think the leaders of the church are. It simply means this, that you are leveraging your relationships as parents to help keep your kids moving in the direction, in the right direction, in a relationship with God. Your influence has more to do with your relationships with your children than your skills as a parent. Relationships take time and investment. And when you leverage the time that you have as a parent, you'll understand that you have roughly 3,000 hours in one year with your children to invest in them, to teach them these truths. 3,000 hours is the picture on the right. There's 3,000 dots on that picture. The picture on the left there are 40 dots because the church has roughly 40 hours 
to influence your children each year? Who do you think has the bigger difference and the bigger ability to influence their kids? So when you look at this picture, you might see something, something that I've come to believe. I believe that what happens at home is as important, if not more important, than what happens at church. Let me say that again real quick, because I want you to understand that. What happens at home is as important, if not more important, than what happens at church on Sunday mornings. Parents, you need to move from expecting the church to raise up your children to you raising your children in their spiritual life. Because the reality is that teachers, pastors, coaches, their influence is only temporary. Parents, your influence is permanent. You have a natural, God-given advantage to love and to lead your children. But you're not the only influence your children need. You're not the only influence. In order to raise your children to have a growing relationship with Jesus, you must widen the circle and you must elevate community. You must widen the circle and elevate community. When you widen the circle, the goal is to have other trusted adults in the lives of your children before they need them so that they will be there when they need them. How many trusted adults are actively investing in the lives of your kids? There was a time in my life that I was so thankful that I had multiple influences in my life. I was so thankful that my mom widened the circle and elevated community. Two and a half years ago, I got to marry the most beautiful, the most incredible, God-loving woman that is so supportive, and, and I just continues to bless my socks off. But before I married this woman— about three weeks prior to our wedding, my grandma decided she needed to ask my mom a little question. So she leans in one day and, Kelly, you know, Josh doesn't have a dad. Do I need to have a talk with him? Do I need to tell him how to have sex? My grandma! My grandma thought it was her place to have this conversation about whether or not I knew how to have sex. My grandmother processed that real quick, okay? Not, not, not my mom, not anybody. My grandma. Grandparents, I'm going to tell you right now, don't do that for your grandchildren. It will be so awkward. I was so thankful I had other men that were in my life that I could talk to about that stuff. Because <laughs> I did not want to talk to grandma about sex. <laughs> Widening the circle involves pursuing strategic relationships. So other adult voices will be speaking into your son or daughter's lives. Saying the same kinds of things that you would as a parent. The older they get, the more important it is for them to have other voices in their lives saying the same thing, just in a different way. After my dad passed, I had two, a few men that actively invested in my younger brother and I, one of which is still actively involved in my life. Bob Patton was that man for me, and, and Bob is an incredible man, and, and not just Bob, but also his wife, Cherie. Both Bob and Cherie have become incredible blessings to me personally. They were people that my mom 
and dad and after my dad passed, my mom continued to pursue strategic relationship with these people because they were God-fearing, God-loving people that would speak into my life and speak into my younger brother's life. And I'm so grateful for them. There are people that prayed for me on a daily basis. They, they prayed for who my spouse was going to be. And now that I've married an incredible woman, they pray for both of us and they pray for our marriage on a daily basis. They're not even blood. And they are praying for us, caring for us. And I'm so thankful for them. The reality is that a time comes in a child's life when they seem to care more about what another adult says than they care about what their own parents say. If you spent any time around a junior higher, you know that their emotions can change faster than you can say the word Snapchat. <laughs> All right? I was no exception to that rule. I had fluctuating hormones like you can't believe, which caused a roller coaster of emotions up and down. It's changed. Okay, don't worry, I'm not that bad anymore. But at, at the teenage years, I was just a roller coaster of emotion, like most teenagers are. And I would get so upset at some of the stupidest stuff. I, 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 and so I would get upset and just livid. And I, I needed just to vent. I needed to go get it out and talk to somebody. And I couldn't talk to my mom. It's, it's my mom. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know what I'm going through. So I would go talk to Bob and Sheree. I would walk there, or I would drive to their house, and I would go just talk with them because they understood what I was saying because my mom didn't. They just said the same thing that my mom would have said, but I was willing to listen to them because they were another influence in my life. The truth is children have a better chance of understanding and interpreting life-changing truth when multiple influences in their lives are saying the same thing your kids are going to run to talk to other people. There's no doubt about it. But when you ask them, who are you going to talk to? Would your kids have a name? If you don't have an answer to that question, a great place to start is in your life group. And if you're not plugged into a life group, man, I encourage you highly, get plugged into a life group. Because a faith community is so vitally important to your relationship with Jesus. God never intended life to be lived in isolation. And what's true of individuals is also true of families. God created us to be in community. Mark Kelly of Lifeway Research tells us that 28% of teens who had at least one adult from church make a significant time investment in their lives were more likely to keep attending church. More of those who stayed in church, by a margin of 46% to 28%, said five or more adults at church invested time with them personally and spiritually. How many other trusted adults are investing into the lives of your kids spiritually? Here at Horizon, we're working to give you at least one, at least one other influence that is working and, 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 and can speak into your child's life. We have small group leaders who are weekly investing into the lives of the children of this church weekly investing into them. They're working towards connecting outside of the walls of this church this coming fall. We're making some shifts to make that happen because we understand that what happens at home is as important, if not more important, than what happens at church. 
One of the greatest gifts that we can give that we hear in Horizon Families, which is our kids and our youth departments, can give to you is we want to give you a consistent network of leaders and friends who are there to help you win at home as a parent. Man, if you've got a heart for babies, if you have a heart for kids, heart for youth, we are always looking for more small group leaders, more people to influence the lives of kids. We are always looking for those people that want to be a difference maker in a child's life. If you're a grandparent in here that thinks you've served your time, or maybe you're not relevant, or you're past your prime, you're not. You're not. We love grandparents. We want grandparents plugged in too, because grandparents have a lot of life experience. And so we want grandparents as well. The quote that it takes a village to raise a child is true in the fact that we want to raise children that have a growing relationship with Jesus by the time they leave our homes. I also think it's important, and I also believe it takes a church to raise a child. In Horizon Families, we've got elementary kids that are serving with their parents in our preschool environments. We have teenagers that are leading worship on a weekly basis. We have young adults who are investing in the lives of the kids by being small group leaders, by being teachers for us. We have parents who are investing in the lives of kids beyond their own because they see the value of being another influence. We've got grandparents who are loving all children across Horizon families because they see the difference that it makes. Raising a generation to have a growing relationship with Jesus takes each one of us. Moses shares this with the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. He says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you were at home and when you were on the road, when you were going to bed and when you were getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. With the Israelites on the threshold of entering the promised land, Moses knew that the people could easily forget what all God had done for them in their 40 years while wandering in the desert. And these verses are actually some of the most quoted verses in Scripture because the Hebrew children grew up memorizing and quoting these verses on a daily basis. Moses gave the people an easy-to-follow time, or easy-to-follow times for cultivating faith. Because time, it's moving fast. We'll never have more of it than we already have. So it's not an issue of how do we get more time, but how do we become more intentional with what we do have? How do we create a rhythm in our life? The third point is this. You have to create a rhythm in life. Your house, it has a rhythm. You may not intend to have one. You may not even plan to have one. The reality is, though, we all end up with one. Rhythm is simply how we arrange out our time. If you were to analyze the rhythm at your house, you would see that life and much of life consists of repeated patterns. These patterns are why newborns are put onto a schedule so quickly. They're why we typically go to the same gas stations. They're why we typically take the same routes to work. These patterns are, are why we 
We don't change sides of the bed. They're why we keep a calendar. They're why TV shows are on the same night, same time, every single week. Because you know that it's on on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock. How normal is God in your time? In this section of Deuteronomy, Moses knew that the people were going to be making a big cultural shift. A big, a big rhythmic shift. They were going to be creating a new rhythm. Because they had just got done wandering in the desert for 40 years. And while they were doing this, they became dependent on God to daily provide for them. For 40 years, the people received daily reminders about who God was and who he is. There was the manna that he ate for them, that he provided for them. There was the, the pillar of fire. There was the cloud by day and by night that the Lord provided. These people knew a God who was present in their everyday experience. Moses knew that their current existence would not be their future reality. He's basically saying here, if you're going to be impressing these things on the hearts of your children, you've got to be more deliberate about creating a rhythm at home. In the future, there's going to be tons of things that vie for your attention. You're going to get comfortable. You'll become prosperous. You'll get distracted. Life is going to get busy, and it's going to be easy for you to drift from the importance of having an everyday faith. Moses recognized it was a, the danger. He recognized the danger of a compartmentalized faith. He was concerned that society might one day view God as only a smaller part of culture and life. And there are four specific times in this chapter of Deuteronomy that I think Moses is trying to point out to us. It's eating meals together, traveling or walking together, tucking kids into bed, and when you get up in the morning. You guys, if families decided to take advantage of the times that are already built into the rhythms of life, the routines, the patterns, initiating interaction would be much more natural. Moms, today is about you. Happy Mother's Day. But today is also about the things that you care about. Today is about your kids and investing in them. Parents who engage in small ways can make a big difference in the lives of their kids and teenagers. My mom knew the importance of leaning into Christ. After my dad passed, we became so involved in the church. We were involved at all these different events and services and all this stuff, and we were always at the church, and, and we were doing daily devotions. We were, we were praying daily on the way to school. We prayed before meals. We prayed before bed. My mom went so far as to creating a scripture treasure hunt on Christmas for my brother and I, where, where the scripture, she would, she would find a scripture that, that talked about some item, some decor item in the house, and we had to go to that item and find out what the next scriptural clue was until we got to our present. And let me tell you, that is the best thing about Christmas. I am a 26-year-old man, and I look forward every Christmas to the treasure hunt. And this year was the most difficult treasure hunt that I've ever been a part of because in years past, I always had either lived with my mom or spent significant amount of time at her house because I lived in the same city as her. Well, my mom and stepdad moved this year, and so this year's treasure hunt was much more difficult because I had no idea where anything was in their house. And then, to make things even better, one of the clues ended up at the bottom of the pool. 
I'll give you a hint. My little brother didn't go and get it. (laughs) The point is this, though. It became mission critical for my mom to make God a part of our everyday life, to create a rhythm that centralized around Christ. My mom was and still is a difference maker. She imagined the end She widened the circle and she elevated community and she created a rhythm that God became part of our daily life. Guys, this morning when you came in, this card was on your seat. This card is a valuable resource for you as parents, for you as grandparents. On the front is a web address. It's a web address to our blog, our Horizon Families blog, our kids and youth departments. You'll find encouragement, blog posts, ways that you can grow as being being a parent. We're still constantly inputting new things. On the back of it, on the red side, is all of our social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all our social media is there. We're posting continuously because we want to make a difference. We want to partner with you parents to make a difference in the lives of your kids. Just in our elementary area alone, we're posting 17 times a week just on our Facebook site. 17 different touch points that you can have with your kids to make a difference in their spiritual development. The app on the, this side, the white side, The app on that side is incredible. If you don't have it for iOS, it's your uh, iPhones and Android phones, this is the best $2 you will ever spend if you're a parent. I I kid you not. The best $2 you will spend if you choose to use it. Give up coffee tomorrow morning and buy this app for your family because it will make a difference in the lives of your kids. We want to partner with you because we believe what happens at home is as important, if not more important, than what happens at church. Are you going to continue to let the china sit in the cabinet and then sit in the shelf at your house? Use it once in a while? Or will you make the china become part of everyday life and eat from the blessings that God has for you and your children? Think about this statement. What I give to my children or what I do for my children is not as important as what I leave in my children.